In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. It's fun sometimes to uh, come across a verse that uh, meant nothing to a person for a long, long time. Um, I'm thinking about me, a verse that meant nothing to me for a long, long time. And then somewhere in the past, it just leapt off the page and um, changed my life in terms of understanding of that, of that word or phrase or verse. And uh, it becomes a marker event in, in my progressive journey, uh, uh, drawing closer to the Lord Jesus. And one, one of those are in the Romans passage today. And so uh, since these are meant to be uh, brief reflections on Wednesdays, um, uh, I'll sort of um, focus in to this one place and um, let that be our, our word for the morning. Paul writes in Romans, the eighth chapter, the 13th verse, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. If by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So we have a live or die option here. And the word that came to mean so much to me in my own spiritual development was the word flesh. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. Because for a long time, I had no idea really what that word meant. I was thinking really kind of carnal misbehavior, sexual sins or something like that, living according to the flesh. And um, it doesn't mean that at all. It means so much more than that. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. Um, Paul will tell us because he really digs in on this in other places. For example, in Galatians, he will say about the works of the flesh. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. It's as if, if I've left something off the list that didn't ping you, uh, O oh reader, uh, there's some others that fit in there as well. If uh, I didn't qualify under any of those, but most of us qualify under one or the other of those at some time in our lives. One can see when you hear that kind of itemized list how deadly the works of the flesh are. But what was insightful and meaningful for me was to understand that when Paul is talking about life according to the flesh, you could say it other ways. And another way to say that is this is life lived according to the magnified I. I am the center of the world. I love the old line. You can put any name in here you want. Edith lived in a world that was bounded on the north, south, east and west by Edith. It's the magnified I. And life according to the flesh is a life of self-centeredness. It is a life of selfishness. 
It is a life of self-righteousness, which is what religious people often have to be aware of. It's a, it's a life of self-consciousness, too self-conscious, always worried about what others, thinks, what others think of my behavior or what I'm saying or what I'm doing. All those selves that point towards the magnified eye, they are deadly. And Paul says, yes, life according to the flesh will kill you. It will cause you to live a life of death. So for him, and hopefully for us, it says these stakes are very high. What Paul writes about, what Paul is so excited about, and what Jesus is teaching Nicodemus about in the gospel reading as well. Because Paul will go on to say, but if by the Spirit you put to death that um, uh, that magnified eye, if that eye in us can be reduced and reduced and reduced, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in us, that we acquire a Christ heart instead of a self-centered heart, then life becomes transformative. And we are on a progressive journey of wholeness and wellness. Hallelujah. So no wonder what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus uh, is so important. Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He's not talking about when we die, we go to heaven. He's talking about entering into the fullness of life where the self has been put to death more and more and something else has been raised up, a new person who is primarily uh, and chiefly an other-centered person. They're centered on the Lord and are under his command, and they're centered on other people's needs, starting with family, husband and children, or wife and children, and extending out from there that one is, moves from being the center of the world to letting God be the center of their world, and everything is different. It is transformative. So Jesus says in this gospel passage, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. He says, you must be born again. An equivalent phrase translated, you must be born from above. There has to be, as John Newton understood and describes in his great hymn, Amazing Grace, I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, now I'm found. For every Christian who makes this journey, there has got to be a progressive transformation of the human spirit from self-consciousness, self-centeredness, selfishness, self-righteousness to Christ-centeredness. It's a beautiful thing to see in another person, and it's a beautiful thing to see growing in your own life because you feel more alive, more full, more as if you're living life as God would have intended you to live life. So hopefully, for each one of us uh, here in this room today, um, that progressive journey has begun. Uh, it doesn't end this side of death, but um, as you know, I love that wonderful, wonderful quotation from Gert Bahana. Oh Lord, I ain't what I want to be. I ain't what I ought to be. I ain't what I'm going to be, but... Thanks, Lord, I ain't what I used to be. 
That is describing a person who has begun the journey of putting to death the deeds and behavior of the flesh, the selfs being minimized and reduced, and that person being raised up to a new life, a new life of grace, a new life of, of power, and per- perhaps especially a new life of abundant joy and love. So, thanks be to God. Uh, we are sitting here in the middle of the week, I expect because somewhere along the way, the Lord got a hold of our hearts and he inaugurated and initiated a journey of transformation. And we're on our way. Some of us are a little further than others along the way, but we're all headed in the same direction towards the light, towards the love, towards the fullness of life in Christ. Thanks be to God. And what Paul reminds us and Jesus reminds us is there's a whole world of need out there who live life according to the flesh. They need the love of Jesus. And they find the love of Jesus through the lovers of Jesus who share that love in the flesh, you and me. So we are also the sent out ones uh, full of the Spirit, full of His life full of the Holy Spirit. Let me end on this note, because Paul gives us the the rest of the reward as well. When we live life according to the Spirit, he will say in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is this. And I always remind folks that that word fruit is singular, that these nine qualities are describing one particular fruit that we are the recipients of. Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control that protects us from the temptations of the flesh. Now that's a beautiful life. That's life in the Spirit. That's the life that Jesus teaches Nicodemus about. And that's the life that Paul teaches us about from this letter today. Thanks be to God. Amen.